The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. What's up? This is your boy Retro CG, and I would like to welcome you to the TSF Entertainment Podcast. And I'm super excited because it's been a minute since me and my girl recorded together. I know, forever. So today on the show, I am privileged to be joined by the <laughs> world-renowned Miss <laughs> Really BTV in the house. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we're going to um, go ahead and start our podcast off uh, reviewing Star's new show, P Valley. It's a very interesting drama about a strip club in Chuckaloosa City, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. The Chuckaloosa, honey. It took me a minute. Chuckaloosa. It took me a it minute to get the, it, Listen, it go down at the Chuckaloosa, honey. It took me a minute to yeah, get the right. name. It took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit about Pete Valley. It was created by a playwright that's now turned um, showrunner, Miss Katori Hall. The original title for the play was called Pussy Valley. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what the, the series is based off of, this play um, that was called Pussy Valley. So let's mm-hmm. get right into our episode review for season one, episode 101, Perpetrating. So the show starts off with what it looks like the aftermath of a hurricane. Right. Uh, we see uh, we see a body of dirty standing water. Ugh. And then there's this random suitcase that just floats across the water. And then we see this woman pick up the suitcase and open it. And she goes through it and she finds a wallet, some clothes. And on the ID in the wallet, there's someone named Lakeisha Savage. So the scene then switches to her at, on a Greyhound bus with a bunch of people that looking all dirty and destitute and battered and looks like they're heading out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, the bus stops, I guess, for gas or for them to take a bathroom break or something. And we see the woman decides not to get back on the bus. Right. So, um, assuming that she is just decided that she's just going to stay here and not get back on the bus. So when the bus gets ready to leave, we see her look off in the distance and she sees some lights off in the distance. And in that moment, she decides to take up life in this town that the bus stopped at. Right. So we see her walk off. The bus driver's trying to tell her, hey, yo, the bus is getting ready to leave, you know, and she doesn't answer the bus driver. She just walks off. So it looks like she's running from uh, her old life or right. maybe she wants to start a new life. So what's your thoughts? My initial thoughts in episode one, because I've, I've watched, you know, all three episodes. So I'm going to start with episode. My initial thoughts was I thought this might have been after Hurricane Katrina. But but it's just a, it's just a, a, a hurricane. It's not specifically Katrina because it's it's taking place in present day. My initial thoughts was like, yeah, like you said, like she running from something. 
um, you know, we saw her in the bathroom do the whole, you know, bought some dye, cut her hair, tried to do something different. And I wasn't sure if she was just trying to change her appearance or if she was trying to match that ID that she found. Because, I was, again, I wasn't sure in the beginning if that was her suitcase or not. Right. So, you know what? I'm going to slightly disagree with you a little bit on that. So, we're going to have a little bit back and forth about this. Oh, boy. I I initially thought the same thing, too, that this was the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. But after watching all three episodes, we're a little late starting this review. I mean, you started your review right on time. But you know me, I'm always (laughs) a couple episodes behind before we start reviewing ours. But I'm struggling with this. I'm going back and forth because part of me feels like it's in present day. But then part of me feels like the show is in past, in the past. Because as we get into more of the reviews, I'll bring up those points. But the main thing is, if you just look at how everyone's dressed, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, the cars that they're driving, you know, how the the city itself is fashioned. To me, it just seems like it was like early 2000s. Doesn't feel like it's present day to me at this point. The only reason why I say present day is because I watched, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I watched the interview with Brandy the lady that plays Mercedes, and she said it's supposed to be present day. Because I'm with okay. you. Had I not heard her say that, I felt the same way. Even with them guys rolling up in that Hummer, I was like, they rolling up in that Hummer like they really doing something. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was like an older model, H2. It wasn't like right, it was right. a 2020. Was like, yeah, so if I hadn't seen that interview and heard her say that, I would say the same thing. But that's the only reason why I said that. Okay, well, you got me on that then, because I was struggling with that. I was trying to figure out, is this present day or is what? Because <laughs> normally that's you that then watched every, you know, interview and stuff. We was doing power. So, well, I got some up on you. Oh, yeah, you got some up on me. I'm, I'm a little late to the game, you know, but I'm getting up on my P-Valley. I know you are. You gonna, By the next time we do this, you're going to know more than me, child. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get get back on my A-game. I know you are. You good. You good. You got to get ready. You got to you got to sharpen yourself and get ready. You got book two coming up next month. You got to get ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna, gonna we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Back to P Valley. Let's get back to Chuck- <laughs> Tuscaloosa. Was it Chuck? What is what is it? Tuscaloosa, baby. Let's get back to Tuscaloosa, baby. <laughs> so she rolls up. So the light. She rolled up on the pink. The pink. The pink. The pink. <laughs> now the pink is a strip club. Now, let me ask you a question in this moment. And maybe this is something that a woman would understand. No disrespect. But when she rolled up on the paint, that made me feel like she has a history here. Not specifically at the paint, but in in a strip club. Because it's like she needed money and she knew she could get money there. Like, it was like, she just, like, oh, I know I can get some fast money that may or may not be off the books. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have never thought to go to the strip club. Like, that just would have been my first place to go. Well, it kind of goes back to her motives for why she's she decided to stay here in this town, because it looks like in the distance she saw the light. She didn't really know what the light was. I mean, I'm assuming that she probably thought it was a club or something. So she was going to go up in here and try to use her looks, maybe run a lick or a scam on somebody, get some money mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not really sure what her motives are, because at this point, you know, there there isn't any dialogue. Right. So she hasn't had any dialogue with any other characters right now. So it's just kind of been like she's moving this out. Mm-hmm. So you're having to try to, you know, foreshadow what, what she's thinking or, you know, try to figure out what's going on in her head. But 
She does. I do feel like I do agree with you when I feel when you say that she's probably, you know, looking to make some fast money because obviously she rolls up on the club and she tries to use her looks to get into the club. <laughs> and Diamond and, was not having it. <laughs> Diamond was not having that. So Diamond is the main bouncer at the um Pank. AKA Benny, if you watch the have and have not. But you know what? You know, I started off the first season of the have and have nots and you know, by maybe season three. You know, it just started kind of getting a little too soap opera-ish for me, and I just yeah, I fell no, off. I, I fell wasn't off feeling too. it. I definitely I fell, fell off. off. But I will say this: just with those that brief introduction of his character, I feel like we're going to get a way better character out of um, Tyler LePay than definitely. we are with the have and have nots. Definitely, I, I, I like his character already. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we didn't get a scene where you know the girls are in the dressing room at the strip club. And they're pretty much talking about the life and times of, um, you know, stripper life, you know, as they're getting ready for their night. And um, so we're introduced to the characters, you know, the main strippers, which is Mercedes, which is played by the lovely Miss Brandy Evans. <laughs> she's she's great. So um, Mercedes appears to be what you would call probably the headliner for the club. Like she's the main stripper. Like you know, this her this is her club basically. Right. Okay, and then we're um, introduced to Miss Keyshawn, which aka her stripper name Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I like Mississippi. I bet you do. <laughs> I really like Mississippi. She's I bet shit. you really do. She's played by the gorgeous and beautiful Miss Shannon Thornton, which we recognize her from Power. She played Quinn in Power. You know Dre's old boss when he was working at the uh, hotel. I didn't That's remember Ms. her Quinn. from Power, but okay. Well, she didn't really have that much. Speaking. I mean, y'all, had to, have that y'all had to refresh my memory. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, she didn't really have that many speaking lines in power. You know, she was just kind of there at a pretty face. And, you right. know, you remember Ghost rolled up on her in one episode, you know, with the non compete, try to get Drake fired. And all right, that right, right, right. And I think there was another scene with her. I think she, the Crystal Ball, she had the hots for Crystal Balls or something like that. I don't know, but I, I love her character in this show. But um, she comes into the dressing room and um, apparently she's just got finished dancing or was in the middle of doing one of her uh, routines coming down the pole and she's get cracked in the head with a beer bottle. So she's bleeding in the head and she's coming in basically begging for one of the girls to finish her dance. So she asked Mercedes and Mercedes is like, no, nah, my arm's tired. I ain't going back out. And so then we're introduced to Gidget, which is the white girl of the club, the only white girl of the club that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um they're like, none of the girls really want to go back out, so she offers um, Mercedes a blunt for her to go back out and finish her dance. Um, so she goes back out and finishes her dance. You know, um, Mercedes is kind of like, you know, going to go finish her set for her. So then we see Mississippi kind of like sit down, look at herself in the mirror, and kind of tend to her, her wound. But then we also notice that she's got bruises around her neck. So obviously, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she's a battered woman. So, what's your thoughts on the girls so far? Um, I'm definitely intrigued. Um, you you automatically feel for Mississippi because you see that you know that she's a young girl. She's a young girl. She just had a baby. She said she just came off of maternity leave, so she just came back from having a baby. And you see that she's in an abusive relationship, and it's one of those situations where everybody seems to know, and you feel like no one has been able to convince her not to, you know, like not to be with this guy. 
and you know, so you immediately feel for her. You see Mercedes is you definitely see that she's the head, you know, HBIC up in there. And um you know, you and Gidget, you you ain't figured you you really don't get a you don't really start getting a lot about Gidget until third episode. So you don't really know a lot about Gidget in the beginning, but you see her, she there. Yeah, because um, if if we if we had to go off of the first episode, our first interaction with her, you wouldn't think that she would be one of the main girls, right? At the strip club, she just seems like one of the girls that's in the dressing room amongst you know probably about ten other girls that seems to be there in the dressing room. So we then switch back outside, and we see um, um, a mysterious woman that got off the bus um, trying to get into the club. You know, and um, Diamond ain't having that. <laughs> she, she apparently the price for admission at the club is twenty dollars for guys and thirty dollars for the girls, which so is different. I've, that is so weird. I've never seen that before. But most strip clubs are like that. Most strip clubs are going to charge more for the women simply because they want more men to come to the strip club than women. Men are going to tip more than the girls are. But then I again, guess- some strip clubs, you know, you have women that tip just as good as men. So I think that's the whole motivation behind that is, you know, they want more men in the club than okay. they do women. Well, maybe, I guess, because I never paid to go to the strip club. I never paid attention to how much it costs to get in, so. So we 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 see right then and there in that moment that she don't have enough money to get in the club, so she's broke. So right. it kind of goes back to your theory on, yeah, I know I can go to the strip club and get some fast, fast cash because she ain't got no money. Right. So, you know, she offers Diamond the $20. He was like, the twinkie, <laughs> twenty dollars, <laughs> and he was like, "Nah, get your Rihanna ass over up out the line. If you ain't got the um thirty dollars, get in. You ain't getting in." And we see the diamond. He ain't playing that shit. If he follow right. the rules to the T, so if you ain't got what you need to get to get in the club, you ain't going. So then she looks down. She sees the sign for amateur night at the Pank. So she sees the girls kind of standing off to the side, you know, waiting to be let in to um, you know get a chance at amateur night so she goes and joins them but let's talk about how she came to the club dress like she came like in business casual okay like, she had on them Louboutins <laughs> that she found in that um that the that whole suitcase, that that, yep. that Yves Saint Laurent purse and that like, like you said that business suit I said now I don't know where you thought you was going but you you certainly didn't feel like you was about to go stripping I mean she instantly stood out even in the uh, crowd with the girls even though they didn't have their floss on but you could tell, you know, they were just, you know, they were dressed for the club. But she definitely was out of place. So, you know, she was an eyesore at that point. Mm-hmm. So she gets into the club. And um, I, I I think, well, no, the next scene, I think we see Mercedes. She's up in the champagne room. She's giving a lap dance. To, but this is uh, also, but wait a minute, rewind real quick. This is also when we first meet Uncle Clifford when she enters the contest. We we meet we get our first glimpse of Uncle Clifford too. That's right. When um I don't know if we met Uncle Clifford yet. I don't know if we had met him, but you know we did meet him when he was out back with the with the police officer when they had put that dude out the club. Well, that's no, the next scene. that's the next scene. That's okay, the, I apologize. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that's the next scene because remember, um, Mercedes was giving him a lap dance right. in the uh, champagne room. He was trying to fill her up. Mm-hmm. And that's when we seen that, you know, Diamond really on his shit. Like Diamond is on point. Like the girls don't even have to call for him. He's always there. He really like is. he pops up. He popped up real quick. It was like, "Yo, don't touch the girls unless they touch you." So dudes trying to, um, you know, sneak a feel, whatever the case may be. And we see that Brandy ain't having that shit, or Mercedes ain't having that shit. Yo, she busts a bottle real quick. Like, yo, let's go. Yeah, she was like, "She gave, but she gave him two warnings." She did. She did. And then, um, 
So Diamond goes and put um dude up out the club, which is Jesse. But when he's putting him out, do you see that Mercedes um snatches his wallet up? She snatches his wallet up and she put it on like the back of her G string, you know, as um Diamond is putting him out the club. So you know what? Diamond I had missed it. I missed it until the church scene. I had missed it. So that's when uh, we meet Uncle Clifford. And I don't even know how to begin to describe Uncle Clifford. I don't want to be disrespectful or anything like that, but what is he? He's an androgynous gay man. Okay, so non-binary. I don't know if he would consider himself non-binary, but he's gender-bending. You know, he'll wear a wig, but he has a beard. He'll wear some heels, you know, but but he has a beard. You know what I mean? So, but still, he doesn't try to mask the qualities of the fact that he is a man. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's when we meet the, the club owner. He's the club owner. Um, Uncle Clifford is what he's called. And so um, he comes out, you know, he was like, uh, Jesse, you know, you wilding out or whatever the case may be. Go and get up out of here before I tell your wife where you've been. And, you know, Jesse's drunk, talking shit. You know, he wanted his he wanted his cover charge back, and you know, Uncle Clifford ain't getting no money back. Mm-mm. And so that's when the sheriff of the town pulls up, and that's in that scene we learn the restrictions of Chuckaloosa. Basically, they are a dry county. It sounds like they don't want liquor sold at the strip club, mm-hmm. and so that's that's crazy. I mean, how do you have a strip club that doesn't sell liquor? Right. But uh, the stipulation is, if they're going to serve liquor, then the girls have to be covered. So, obviously, the pink is breaking all the rules because they're serving liquor and the girls are getting naked. Mm-hmm. So, we see him come out with this to-go box. So, you know, I'm thinking there's some food in the to-go box for real because I'm thinking that Uncle Clifford was actually leaving the club. I didn't realize that that was something that was, I guess, prearranged. Right. The sheriff pulls up and, you know, the sheriff questions him about, you know, Jesse. Jesse's like, he drunk. You ain't serving liquor in there. He's like, no, nah, you can come on in and see for yourself. What's up? Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, how about you take these honey goals for your trouble? Because, you know, the club ser- serves food. So here I'm thinking is he giving him a box of wings for real. And we open the box. <laughs> we, open the box. <laughs> we see he tipping the sheriff. He's paying the sheriff off, basically, for, mm-hmm. I guess, for them not to come into the club and shut shit down. So that's when we learned that. You know, the pink is coloring outside the rules that the new mayor has set for the the town. So what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, it's to be expected. They're deep in the Bible Belt. Um, it's what they do. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's just, it's, it's to be expected. I wasn't shocked by it. I wasn't shocked to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then we get back in the club and Uncle Cliff- Clifford goes back to the dressing room to, I guess, greet the amateur strippers that are getting ready to dance. He gives them the contest rules. Basically, they dancing for $50 in a hot plate. <laughs> 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 they dancing for $50 in a hot plate. They are the right. bitches that be hard up for $50 and a plate of wings. They give everybody gas, but we'll get okay. to that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he basically goes around and gives the girls the rules for amateur night and, um, you know, asks for their stage names. And, of course, we have Alizé. Every strip club has Right, he was Alizé. like, and none of y'all name better be Alizé. Like, we're not, no, we're not And the first name. girl was her name, Alizé. Mm-hmm. And she looks kind of dense and ditzy and a little off in the head. Then we meet Strawberry <laughs> and Blue Cinnamon. So when he gets to um, our mysterious woman, 
He's like, what's your name? He's like, oh, you ain't got your floss on. So floss is, you know, they gear, you know, what they wear. Right. So he's like, you ain't got no floss. So he sends her over to Monte, which is, um, I guess she takes care of all the girls in the dressing room. You know, I guess she helps with makeup and outfits and shit like that. So she sends her over there for Monte to give her, you know, an outfit to put on the dance in. And she's like, it's $15. And, you know, Monte can look and tell the girl ain't got no money. So she gives her the outfit for 10 So right. she goes and gets she goes back into a little bathroom stall and gets dressed. And then one of the girls kind of like, oh, are you um, rocking um, Eve St. Laurent? And she corrects the girl on the pronunciation. And that's when Mercedes kind of give her the side eye, like, yo, this bitch right here. You know, so she's kind of sizing her up now let, at that point. Now, let me ask you a question on that one. Mercedes instantly did not like this woman. Do you think? Mm -hmm. Do you think it was a colorism thing? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Or either that is just the is just the fact that she's a new bitch and that she gonna come in here and you know run shit. I don't know because at this point we have not seen any personality out of her, and so at that point Uncle Clifford comes into the bathroom. And we finally get a name for this lady because up until this point we don't know who she is, what her name is, mm -hmm. or anything. So she calls herself Autumn Night, and he's like, "Oh, that's poetic and shit." <laughs> so Autumn Night gets dressed, and you know she comes out of the um, what you call it. Then we see Mercedes goes to the office, and then we meet Big L, which is. Um, the money man, Big L, he's the money man at the bank, and um, he's pretty much doing his thing. You know, he's counting the money, and um, he's played by Morocco Omar. I remember him from Empire. Uh, he played Lucius's uh, brother. That you know that he was the detective. Oh, on Empire. Okay. It took me a minute to figure out what he was okay. from. I'm like, damn, because you know he kind of got a little Suge Knight look about him. I'm like, where do I know him from? And Yes, the first couple of seasons of Empire, he was uh, one of the main characters. He played Lucius's um, half brother. Mm -hmm. So Big L is back there counting the money or whatever, and Uncle Clifford is at his desk, and Mercedes comes in and gives him a flyer that she's had made up that says Mercedes Last Dance. Basically, in a couple of weeks, she's looking to retire. You know, she doesn't want to dance anymore. Um, and we we learn later on in the episode why what's her motivation behind wanting to retire. So the girls are getting ready to go out and do their thing. You know, DJ Never Scared is introducing all the girls. And of course, it would be Autumn Night that's the last one to perform and dance. And she kind of goes out there and does her little stiff Diamond from Players Club routine. Actually, Diamond from Players Club did way better. Right. <laughs> way I was better. like, how did she win? It's no way in the world that the rest of them girls was worse than her. How did she win? I, I, she was stiff as cardboard. You know, I mean, she was kind of scared. I'm not a man, but I wasn't impressed. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not impressed with any of her performance up to date. Um, but in in her scene when she starts dancing and rolling around on the floor and trying to be seductive and all this bullshit, she's starting to have flashbacks from her former life. Mm -hmm. And um, she's kind of like, um, I don't know if she's just thinking and she's just kind of channeling her inner self of what she's been through um, in the last, I would say, 48 hours. Uh, all, this seems to be pretty recent that's happened to her because of the hairstyle, um, the clothes that she had on, and all of her flashbacks takes her back to this moment. So I, I don't know if this was the culmination of 
you know, abuse or this was one of the worst well, situations. But obviously, she comes from an abusive relationship. Yeah, well. we saw the guy put a we, the guy put a gun in her head. I mean, I don't know what happened before that, but I mean, somebody putting a gun in your head is is, is a lie. You know. And she pushes the gun away, but you hear the gun go off. Right. You hear the gun go off, but obviously she didn't get shot. So are we left to assume that the gun just misfired during the struggle or did he get shot? But we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later on because um, I got a theory on that already. So then we, we switch back. Obviously, Autumn Knight wins the um, routine. I mean, she wins the amateur night or her little stiff routine that she did. And it's the end of the night. So all the girls are in the dressing room packing up, getting ready to leave for the night. Uncle Clifford comes in, gives her her $50 prize, but she didn't get a hot plate, but she got her $50 prize. And at that moment, she kind of realizes that, hey, you know, this is my chance. I want amateur night. Let me see if I can try to work here. And so, you know, you see uh, Mercedes, even uh, when she was dancing, you know, you kind of see Mercedes was kind of sizing her up, you know, giving her the evil eye like she mad. Right. And so she asked, then, you know, what can I do to work here? Do I fill out a job application? She was like, bitch, this ain't Walmart. <laughs> and then Uncle Clifford checks Mercedes real quick. Like, well, we do got an opening because you get ready to retire. So the right. The you about to quit. Why are you tripping? <laughs> Why are you tripping? Why are you worried about what I'm finna do? You finna mm-hmm. leave us. And so that's when we learned that Keyshawn and um, Gidget, they didn't know that Mercedes was getting ready to leave. So, you know, they kind of they kind of looked disappointed, upset, you know, hurt, you know, that they girl, they getting ready to leave her. So mm-hmm. at this moment, you know, she gets a job at the strip club. So, you know, she she's on her way. So I, me personally, I initially thought that she needed the money to pay for her rent at the motel. You know, because if she didn't have the $20 left, so I'm assuming that, you know, she needed to get some money to pay for a room for the next day. Right. So, I'm, so that's when she just decides that, hey, you know, I need to work here. This is fast money. You know, I can do this. So we then switch back to um, Autumn at the, because um, right now we don't know her as anything else but Autumn. Right. Autumn Night is back at the little rundown. I mean, it's really a rundown motel. I mean, like, that I joint, oh my gosh. Man, a mattress on the floor. That's when that's when <laughs> she had newspaper covering the windows. A dirty mattress on the floor, no cover. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. That's when the bougie in me really came out. I said, Oh my god. Like I was looking at that joint like, oh my goodness. Mm. She yeah. Uh, and she's drinking, you know, she's she's drinking on some some um some vodka and she's looking at her phone. So on the phone we see a picture of her and a little girl. Or is it just a little girl? It's a little girl in the pictures that she's looking at. I think she looks at several different pictures on yeah, her I phone. Yeah, I think it's just a little girl, yeah. And she spills alcohol on the phone. So she starts immediately freaking out and, like, screaming in agony because the phone, you know. But that was kind of unrealistic because, I mean, she it was because it, 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 yeah. it wasn't that much. It wasn't enough. I said that, too. Covered. I was like, that little bit of drop. I'd have done worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> For real. <laughs> you know, but anyway, obviously it, her phone's got water damage now and she's screaming in agony because she can't no longer look at these pictures. And I'm like, well, boo, you about to be short anyway because you don't look like you got a charger for the phone anyway. So right, it's like, dead eventually. right. <laughs> it's all cracked up. So, you know, I don't think this phone gonna make it with you much longer anyway, but right. I digress. <laughs> So she's screaming in agony about the cell phone having water damage and she can't look at the pictures anymore. And so that's when we see that, you know, she's not all together. 
So the next scene, we see this church lady. We we switch to a church, and we see this church lady, and she's just blowing the church down. I mean, she's and I had to listen to the lyrics that she was saying. She's actually the name of the song is Ten Percent. She's actually singing, uh, offering singing. Right, she's singing about paying your tithes. Right, the whole song paying is about paying your tithes, child. <laughs> oh, this is what we do with the Delta. Okay, <laughs> listen, the Bible so, Belt don't play, baby. The Bible Belt don't play. So the church is the church is jumping. I mean, everybody up on their feet, singing and dancing to um, the church lady song. And you see Mercedes is sitting down. The collection plate is passed to her, and we see her pull out Jesse's wallet, pull a hundred dollar bill out, putting collection plate. But the thing is, Jesse's at the church. It looks over at her like, Wait right, this right, is that's my wallet, wallet right? <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. And then she gets up and she leaves. Um. And so then we we get a we get a scene of this guy that's out taking pictures, Fed's watching. That's what I'm gonna call him for now. So you know we get a little pan of the city, and the city is destitute. It's kind of run down. Um, it's not up to date. It's it's kind of a, a slovenly community is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see um, it's definitely it's definitely a community that time forgot and. I think that goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of this of is this is this present day or is this delayed but everybody is sort of dated because it's 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 definitely a depressed area. Like Very depressed. You know, you definitely can see that there's not a whole lot of economic advancement going on in this area. Which brings us to that next scene where you see the guy that's out um taking pictures, uh he's at the paint. And we see Big L come out, throw some trash in the back of the trash truck. And then he also gets a bag out, which we later find out is some pills. That's slick, though. That was a slick move. Mm. And so then we see Clifford at home, Uncle Clifford at home. And Wait a minute. Somebody was taking pictures of the transaction. Oh, that's right. He did get pictures of the transaction. He did. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's right. He did. So at this point, we don't know what the motivation is for the picture taking. Right. You know, because I thought it was a police detective at first. I, I, I said that's, that's a I police thought. detective. Mm-hmm. Especially with the drug transaction, I'm like, right. okay, yeah, the feds is watching the paint, basically. Yeah, that's what, that's I, what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So then we see Clifford at home. He's getting dressed for the day, and he decides to put on a tire. He he decides to go out as a man today. Right. So we see him, but he still has some feminine attributes about even his attire as a man, you know, because he seems to put on makeup still. He takes the nails off, but, you know, you know his little scarf or whatever. So anyway, we see him go down to the check cashing place, and this check cashing place, I don't know how to describe it. It's more like a, a swap meet <laughs> is what it looks like. Because it looks like they do laundry down there, they <laughs> check cash it down there. I mean, they got a little bit of everything. One going stop on. shop. Yeah, they got everything going on at this check cashing place. And so, uh, obviously, uh, Uncle Clifford has borrowed against his club, um, and we don't know what the reason is that he's borrowed money from these folks. All we know is that he's behind on his payments, and he's going to try to make a payment with a check. And the little Chinese lady or Asian lady or Korean says, uh, no, you made the bad checklist last month. Uh, we can't take no checks from you cash money order. And they so, got you know, a they picture. Back and forth. Yeah, they got a picture. <laughs> they had a big-ass picture of him up, too. 
And so they kind of have some banter back and forth between each other. And uh, Uncle Clifford Lee's mad. He pretty much tells the whole line is full of Mexicans. I mean, the whole line is full of nothing but Mexicans that are trying to cash their paycheck. And so he pretty much tells all them to come down to the bank. I'll um, cash a check for you. I won't mm-hmm. take $35 out. So he, he eventually ends up stealing her customers or whatever. So well, I guess there's not really much to talk about with that because um, other as than of right now, well, other than well, no, you're right. It's it's a little early because I didn't I didn't start having that question until maybe another a couple of episodes later. Me too. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, we'll wait. We'll get there. At this point, we know that he's trying to pay a bill that you know he's struggling to pay, obviously because right. he didn't have the cash to pay it. But and he bounced the check. But I'm going to have to ask this question anyway. The club seems to be packed. I mean, we've only seen where one night is the before. money going? Where is the money going? Yes, I know that's we. I know that we need to ask this a little bit later on down, but just even off of the first night, there's the something club going was, on with the money. It, there's something going on with the money because the club was packed. You know, he's selling hot plates out the back. They're selling hot plates out the back. He got the to situation me, with the drug dealer. The very next day, he has to go make a payment. Why not take cash down and make the payment? So we're going to have to figure out what's going on with the club and, the, and his finances. Yeah. So yeah. the next scene we see, we see Brandy, uh, I keep calling her by her real name, Mercedes. 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 Mercedes <laughs> uh, is um, coaching a little cheerleading squad or a little majorette squad. And um, she's pretty much trying to get these girls together for, um, I guess, what, a competition? Uh-huh. It's a dance squad. Like, bring it on. Like, you know, like them little dance competitions. Okay. Not bring she it on. To be very... The TV show, bring it on. Not the movie, bring it on. But, like, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> she seems to be uh, pretty passionate about coaching these girls. So, obviously, you can tell in this moment right here that she's real passionate about the art of dancing. You know, not just on the stripping side of things, but I mean, we we later mm-hmm. on see how good of a performer she really is. But um, she seems to be very passionate with these girls about, um, you know, teaching them how to dance and mm-hmm. you know how to be flexible. And and then we see her mom. Well, we see the church lady shows up, and then we learn in this moment that the church lady is her mom, mm-hmm. and her mama showed up basically, you know, criticizing her, low key throwing shade at her. And um, at the same time, begging her for money. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> so she reaches in her gym bag and give her mama a plastic bag with money in it. And her mama takes the money, gladly takes the money. And, you know, she's still, you know, talking cash shit. And she makes mention about one of the little girls being too big to wear the shorts anymore. So she's just kind of like criticizing um, Mercedes, you know, and how she does what she does. And Mercedes pretty much check her like, well, look, you don't have no problem taking my money down here to the church that I'm dancing for. So right. we see in this moment right here that the mom and her have a strained relationship or a very a very unique relationship. I don't know if right. it's strained. And we get a glimpse of, this, of the scheme. They're using her money to pad the books of the church so the church can get a loan. But is that a typical practice for a church to produce a down payment for a loan i mean i mean i'm gonna be honest i don't no, i don't think it was a down payment i think they wanted the books to look a certain way so they needed you know like it's, got- it's like anything else they need to see if you got money in the bank and you pay your bills one time and i think and and it was it really was a two for one because that's un, that's money that she ain't claiming on her taxes i'm sure 
So really, she was laundering her money through the church. So she like it. it it's it's easy. I for felt us, that way too. Right. It's easy for us to be not say us, but you know what I'm saying. It was easy for people to be mad at her mother, but like don't twist, don't get it twisted. Mercedes is getting something out. She ain't doing it out the goodness of her heart. Like she's basically hiding her money in the church so that she don't have to pay taxes on it and don't have to claim it until she's ready to use it. I.e., what we find out later on. So yeah, I mean, it was a, it was it was mutually beneficial. For both of them, but they were using the money for the to pad the books of the church to make the finances look better, so they could get this this um building fund loan. Ah, I got it now. Because I was a little confused about that whole thing. Yeah, you that's, know, they're that's, getting a loan. What do you need the money for? But no, that makes sense now. I get it. Yeah, yeah. To make it look good, you know. Oh, they got this. We're bringing in this amount of money every Sunday, so we can afford the loan payment. So, in our next scene, we see Uncle Clifford. He's back at the club now. Him and Big L are kind of um, going down to the, I guess, the, the main room of the club or the back of the club or somewhere. I think it's the main room because they were at the stage. And they're pretty much having a, a group meeting or a team mm-hmm. meeting with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Clifford has, I guess, from his, I guess from his ride back from the check cashing place up until that moment, he came to the conclusion that, hey, I got to get some more money flowing through so he pretty much announces to the girls that there's going to be some changes, you know. He um, basically announces the new tip-out rules, you know, that pretty much everybody got a tip from wherever they get money from, whether it's from mm-hmm. the state, bar, um, the lap dance, the private room. Basically, he want a piece of all of it. So we see everybody in there, you know. We meet another character from the Have and Have Nots, Quita. She played Quincy. Quita! Quita, she played Quincy's sister on the Half and Half Nights. You know, she ghetto in this uh, <laughs> series too. Um, she talking cash shit to um, Brandy. Quita's the bartender. I don't know what her name is on the show. I hate to, I hate to say that, but she's kind of like a a D list character. So yeah, I'm, she she's not a main character. I'm just gonna call her Quita now so I figure out what a real what her um name is in the series. <laughs> but anyway, uh Quita and her girls, they run the bar. So they're the uh, bar girls and uh, she's the bartender. So she's kind of talking shit to Mercedes, like Mercedes, you don't never tip what you say you're gonna tip us. You know, so apparently the, the dancers are responsible for paying all the other staff. Right. You know? So that goes for the bottle girls and um, the bartender and the DJ and I'm assuming security too. Right. So, you know they kind of uh, Mercedes is kind of having a little back and forth with them. You know, and then she announces that you know I'm finna leave and I'm finna make it rain on. Um, um, but oh, in that moment she gets a text. She gets a text from I guess mm-hmm. the the real estate people about you know what we're gonna find out later on in the episode. But um, you know Autumn is there. You know, everybody's there, and then uh, Keyshawn, Mississippi, comes in with her baby in tow, crying, and she all beat up, and everybody just kind of, like, have a moment uh, where they feel sorry for her. And, you know, Uncle Clifford pretty much sends everybody on their way and kind of sit Keyshawn down and, you know, have a little conversation with her, you know, try to help her get her face together because she's all bruised up and beat up. And um, I felt sorry for her. I really felt sorry for her because she's a pretty girl, and, you know, you got to her old man at home just beating her ass every day seems like so you know and i don't kind of- and i don't think people realize that her character is young she's uh, mississippi is only 18 so i don't think people realize when you know when people realize how young she actually like her character is only supposed to be 18 years old so she's straight 
out of high school if she finished high school. And when you hear her talking, she all right, yeah. she already has another child. And she's been mm-hmm. with this guy. So this is this is the situation. And, and again, I'm and don't nobody get mad at me that lives down in the Delta. I'm not it is not a personal thing, but again, I think they're doing this to just show us this the the the, the town and what's going on in the town. Because again, it seems like a worst kept secret that this man is beating her ass. And I wouldn't be surprised when we finally do see him that he's an older guy. Oh, you might be on to something with that. Because I too thought, and not even knowing how how old her character was, I too thought that she was probably one of the youngest girls at the club. She just mm-hmm. looks like she looks so, you know, just down and like she don't have the strength or she don't have she don't have the courage to pull herself out of the situation that she's in. But at the same time, when she becomes Mississippi, it's like a night and day. She's like she's she's very comfortable on the stage. She's very comfortable with her mm-hmm, body and her mm-hmm. looks. Yeah. But um, she doesn't have that that self confidence about herself in the state with a nigga that's going upside her head. Right. So we really feel sorry for her in that moment. So Uncle Clifford, you know, has a moment with her. Um and he pretty much tells her that look, don't let this dude keep beating your ass, you know, yeah. fight back. Yeah. And you know, he told her about how he was in an abusive relationship uh-huh. and what he did to get himself out of the abusive relationship. Exactly. I don't think that um Mississippi is gonna do that in her case, but um <laughs> he hit him with the Al Green move. <laughs> apparently, um Mr. Um Mr. Uncle Clifford, <laughs> uh, yeah, pour a, a pot of hot grits on his private parts. Right. <laughs> on his private parts. <laughs> Let me tell you what you won't do again. <laughs> so it's the it's 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 later on that night. The club is open. You know, of course, it's packed again, and you know we see the Mexicans now have came over from the swap meeting. They all outside lined up to get their three dollars mm-hmm. for a dozen of Parmesan wings. Where they do that? <laughs> Listen, three dollars. No wonder they get everybody gas. Okay. <laughs> and Lord knows where they where the chicken coming from. Lord have mercy, three dollars. So, uh, uh, Big L's like, you know, you look like, why you got your nose turned? Like, you should be uh, glad we're getting this little free money. You know, I guess, I, I don't know how they are going to make money off cash the checks. I, I guess they're taking a percentage out of what the check dollar amount is, less than what the Asian people was, I'm assuming. Maybe, instead of $35, maybe $20, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Uncle Clifford picks up one of the checks and looks at it. He's like, you know, who's promised land Promised Land Industries or Enterprises or some bullshit. Right. That's when we get the first glimpse of the development that's coming to town. Right, and I didn't catch that in the first episode. Like, I, I caught it, but I didn't catch the significance, you know. It took me a minute for that one. Yeah, it took me a minute for that when, one. When they started showing the PowerPoint, I was like, where have I seen you at? Promised mm-hmm. Land, Promised Land. Then I went back and realized that the Mexicans that are in town, because Clifford's trying to figure out where are these Mexicans coming from? Uh, the Mexicans that are in town that are working and getting this check are working for the development right. that's coming to town. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about that a little bit later. So the next thing we see that old ass H two pull up with uh, Entourage, and we see the <laughs> I, I guess I guess he's the local rapper, Little Murder, Little Murder, Little Murder, pull up, and they hop out. And, you know, they all rowdy and they ready to get into the strip club. You know, they ready to go have a good time for the night or whatever. And um, so I guess the driver, uh, we didn't get any of these characters' names besides Little Murder. 
but the uh, driver, you know, pretty much takes um, his drink and pours it on like a floral brick. Right. And then they put the the um, floral, floral brick in the duffel bag. He has a Louis duffel bag with money in it. Right. But the the purpose of doing that is to weigh the bag down and make it look like there's more money in it than, than it actually it really is. is. Right. So they pull up on the scene. You know, they all loud and rowdy. Like, who you thinks know. about this kind of shit? But okay. Motherfucker, that's the name of the episode. Perpetrating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they perpetrating. You know, I mean, he obviously does have money, but he doesn't have as much as he's trying to flex that he do. So, you know, he's trying to pull up and be loud and rowdy outside the club, let everybody see him already before he even get in this bitch. And then that's when he has a little interaction with Diamond, and Diamond ain't having that shit. Get your ass to the back of the motherfucking line. You ain't VIP. And I like Diamond characters. Like, he don't fuck around with nobody. <laughs> nope. So he, he gets to the he's, back of the he's line. He's impressed you know? with none of this. None of this impressed what? with him. Nah, he, he's not impressed at all. Like, yo, you you just like every other guest. Pay your thirty uh, twenty dollars yeah. go in. Pay your money, and you can go in just like everybody else. But one thing I do like about Little Murder, and I see this very uh, early on, even in this scene, that he seems to be very obedient, or he seems to he seems to somewhat. He don't want no waves. Yeah, he he don't want no waves. Yeah, because he went and took his ass to the back of the line. You know, I thought it was a fight getting ready to break out, but he 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 went and took his ass onto the back of the line, waited his turn to get in the club. So then we switch to the girls in the dressing room. They're getting ready to go out for the night. Uncle Clifford comes in and expects or examines the girls, make sure, you know, they on point for the night. He's toting around um, Mississippi's baby. And he tells Mercedes that she needs to be a booty buddy for the night. <laughs> Mercedes was not trying she to hear good. that. Yeah, she would have it. She would be the booty buddy. So basically, a booty buddy is she's trading a new stripper. Basically, and what I took it as, she's trading her replacement. So uh, basically, Uncle Clifford tells her take take um Autumn out, you know, show her how to work the room, show her how to work the crowd or whatever. And Mercedes is not having none of that. Like she ain't trying to fuck with this girl. And the fact that she doesn't like the girl makes it even worse because she don't like her. And I don't know why she doesn't like her because she hasn't really had any interaction with her other than the girl trying to take a locker, um, um at amateur night. So Mercedes begins to kind of teach her how to spot a room. And see who the ballers are, who the real ballers are at the strip club. You know, she goes up to one guy. The guy asks her, "Can she, or can he buy her a drink?" She's like, "No, nah, I don't fuck with him. He got tags on his suit still." And then a little um, bartender, Quita, calls her over there, and pretty much try to school her too. You know, like everything ain't what you think it is. You know, you got to have them FBI's where you know a nigga who think he got money, the motherfucker up here who's throwing the most money, really ain't the one who got it. And so they see a guy that's sitting over there to himself, quiet. You know, she's like, nah, he's ordering top shelf shit. You know, that's your ball over there. And then later on, we see Mercedes walks walks up to the same guy, and he pulls out a wad of money. So Mercedes is an OG. She know how to spot that bread, and she know how to work the room. Now, with that being Whatever. said, okay, so with that being said, because I had this conversation with somebody else. Do you think that that is why there's something... She has... Mercedes has a sixth sense. She definitely has a third eye or something because she can spot bullshit a mile away. Like she has learned how to read everybody in that club. And she's usually right. Like she's whatever she says, like she peeped the fact that they had that brick, that fake brick in the bag. Like she re- she knew that wasn't real money. Like 
something as simple as that. Like you were like, how would you even know that? Do you think that there's something her sixth sense is telling her something ain't right with Autumn? Because her hate for Autumn was real from the beginning. And she had no reason to not like that woman. So that's a real good question. So going back to that moment, I agree with you. She damn sure got a sixth sense. Like she know how to spot bullshit you know, a mile away. But I also think that comes from the fact that she has worked at that club for a long time. Because yeah. remember when she went to go give Uncle Clifford that um, last dance flyer, she was like, you know, the retirement age for a stripper is 25. So obviously she's over the age of 25 and she probably mm-hmm. is the oldest girl that's at the club just from the appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else seems to look like they're in their early teens or early, early 20s, including Autumn. Right. You know, Autumn doesn't look like she could be a day over 25. But I think that comes from her years of dancing and working at the club. And these are the same niggas that show up every day, every week. So she knows who got that money, who don't got that money. And she knows who in here flexing and who ain't flexing. That's true. But That's going, true. going back to the whole Autumn situation, I do feel like she does peak some kind of energy off of Autumn. Just by how she breathes in there, didn't really interact with nobody. You know, she's standoffish. She's real standoffish, and she's kind of always gazing. So she probably sizing her up, too, like, you know, what this bitch really here for? You know, is she really here to turn up and dance, or is she really here because she's running from something? So I, I, I do think that she has sized up Autumn. I don't think in this moment she has, but I think uh, later on, probably by episode three, I definitely think that's exactly the case, that she knows that there's something fucked up about this girl, but she can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we then switch to the next scene where you got uh, Mississippi. I guess this is their break room, and damn, that motherfucker is run down. Is <laughs> that their break room? <laughs> I guess he's out. Um, I don't know where the fuck they're at. This this club just has all kind of little compartments and little duckaways and places. So you know, sometimes I have to think for a minute. They're still at the club. Because, you know, they got so many different rooms. They got the main room. They got a kitchen. They got a back office. They got the paradise room, the champagne room, the Mercedes room. So I guess this is supposed to be the The place is clearly huge. Like, the place is clearly huge. It's a good good piece of property, obviously. And so um, Mississippi is back here nursing her baby. And, you know, she's kind of having a moment. It almost looks like she's kind of reflecting on, like, damn, how the fuck I got here. Right, because you you see a little sadness in her eyes as she's nursing the baby right before Diamond comes in. You see kind of a little bit of I don't know if it's fear in her eyes that we're seeing or sadness or just like damn I'm dancing and I'm sitting here nursing my baby at a strip club. Like she has a moment of realization that you know my life is fucked up. Right, and so. And so then Diamond comes in, gets ready to take his break or whatever. And, you know, he's respectful. He's like, he see her nursing the baby and whatnot. And he's like, yo, I'll leave. And she's like, I no, thought that was in. so cute in that moment because it's like, you've seen my breast probably a million times. But it was something different and intimate about a woman breastfeeding. And I love the way that he was respectful of that. Like, okay, you're not on stage. That's business. You know what I'm saying? This is a private moment, and I'm gonna be respectful. I thought I don't know. It was something about that that was very. I, I can appreciate that. I could really appreciate. Yeah, that. I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you on that because most niggas would have came in and sat down and right. And but like I've seen him a million times. Like, what's the big deal? Right. But he like so, immediately was like, "Oh no, wait a minute!" And she was like, "Boy, I'm violating." Right? She was like, yeah. "Boy, like you didn't see these a million times." And but 
he was respectful, but I think it also has something to do with he like he liked her. He liked her. And so he pretty much sits down and he kind of glances up at her and, and he probably sees the same look of desperation on her face that I've I'm seeing. Man. Because he makes a comment to her, like, yo, I can take care of that for her for you and we all knew exactly what he was talking about without him even having to say right he knew exactly what he was talking about without even asking huh like he was like yo i can take care of that for you basically he'd go fuck up her old man but you know? but can we talk about her response <laughs> can we <laughs> talk response. About, like him offering the him offering to 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 kill this nigga can we talk about her response you got enough bodies already what yeah but I had to go back and watch that scene again too. But you missed the other part of what she said. So obviously he served in the military. Well, yeah, after you yeah, after you realized he served in the military, I knew what she was talking about. But in the my first reaction was how many people he's did the killer. he killed? Right. Like right. Is, is he like the, the higher hitman that like that everybody know he a killer? Like, but yeah, but you're right. Once you realize but that his he personality, served in the military. His yeah. personality makes you think that's what he is. Because he's got this rough and tough personality, like he 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 ain't playing with nobody, right? You know, he don't crack no smile. He's all business, you know. He's you could you could definitely look at him and say, yeah, this is a hitman for hire type mm-hmm. dude. And um, she declines his offer, and he he was like, you know, better better him than you. So basically, mm-hmm. he was telling her that you know I'd rather see you live than him, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, they kind of have a moment where they're actually having a conversation without having a conversation. I, I thought that was a very powerful moment because you could tell right there in that moment that he has feelings for her. Right. Or he's developed. He has starting to he's starting to develop feelings for her. Um, and I guess seeing how broken her life is, he kind of has a soft spot for her. Instantly right. You see that. And so, you know, she's nursing the baby and whatever. He's eating his lunch. Uh, Clifford comes in like, yo, get your ass up out there, Merce- um, Mississippi. It's time for you to hit the stage. And boy, oh boy, that's where we learn how good she is on the stage. But yo, Mississippi is a beast. Another powerful moment was he offered to mind the baby for her while she went dance. So she seemed to be taken aback by that, you know, that he would offer to mind her baby. While she went dance, so uh, that just tells you right there he does have an affinity towards her. And, Listen, you know, he... by episode three, that baby is an employee of the paint. Okay, <laughs> that baby is an employee. <laughs> that baby is more training. than they are. <laughs> She's a trainer. The baby's a trainer. Okay, but we see Mississippi hit the stage and she shut the shit down. Uh huh. She tore that motherfucker. Yes, she did. Oh. She was flipping and twisting and doing somersaults and acrobats and ah, uh, you you know I've seen I've seen quite a a bit of talented girls. Do you want on... do you want um some behind the scenes or do you want me to let you keep the illusion? Nah, go ahead. So I was looking at an interview um with um cause... don't don't crush my spirits. Please don't tell me it was an actor. Okay, well keep keep going then. <laughs> nah, go ahead. No, Katori um. Paul was saying that when she was doing the play, you know, how she interviewed, you know, she said, I think she said she went to something like 60 strip clubs or something throughout the South to interview these women. And for the show, they use a lot of the dancers from like Magic City and like some of the more popular um, clubs. So the women are still talented as hell. Don't get it twisted. And there still is a level of athleticism because they still do a lot of stuff when you see their face. You know what I'm saying? 
But a lot of the stuff that you see in shadow or you see in um silhouette. Silhouette. But stay but you still, I mean, again, it's still that talent. Like the talent is undeniable. Like the women they got are bad as hell. And it's not just stripping. And, and, and for most people, their their first thought of a strip club is it's raunchy, it's nasty. No, you know, no. women are just taking their clothes off and they offering their pussy up to everybody nah. that wants mm-hmm. it. It's there's, not even like there's that a because level it of, is an art. it is an art. Like it like anybody go Google um pole dance competition and you see like in Vegas they have a whole pole dancing thing. Look at all those clips on YouTube. Like the shit is no joke. And beyond everybody that, can't a, do it. A lot of them um have fitness classes where yeah. it's it's a form of fitness. It's yeah. a form of exercise. So it's not just about them dancing for money. Listen, I went to it's one about of the classes the fact that, and that shit ain't no joke. Let me be clear. Man, these girls right here. <laughs> Listen, the, the way you get, like, did you like on? I mean, I'm sorry to go, but Mercedes, that first dance we saw at Mercedes when she went to the top, flipped up, she was dancing down, on the and was, dancing. was dancing on the ceiling. Yes, yo, she killed that shit, yo. Anyway. And then I love how they pause the music, I, and, and we're getting a little bit ahead, but I, that was a powerful scene because when they pause the music and you could just hear the grunts, yeah, you can, and her, you can the hear breathtaking, her, right. Yeah, you can hear. You, you know, can just her. tell that it's work. It, exactly. it, it looks easy. It looks seamless, but you can obviously tell that that's that's physical endurance. Yeah. Yes. You know that these girls are 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 enduring. You know they're not just up here swinging around on a pole and looking sexy and seductive. This is art. Yeah. This is a form of ballet. This is a form of dance. This is a form of exercise. It's almost kind of like they're doing it for a sport. It's no different than any other sport that we watch and enjoy football basketball soccer baseball you know hockey is it's 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 a sport and i think and that, that's a, um, testament. yeah and i think that's a testament to production that we're walking away with that that we're not seeing oh these just a bunch of strippers in a little dirty club down south like we are wa- like everybody that i've talked to that watches the show has the same reaction like we are seeing the athleticism, we are seeing the work. We are seeing that this is not just, oh, I decided to put on a G-string one day and dance. Like, we are seeing that this shit ain't easy. And I think that's a testament to the, the, and then the, the professionalism, yes. and, the, and then the professionalism about the art that they're doing. They're not just like you said. They're not just dancing. Like Mercedes take her shit serious, and we see yeah. that in episode three. Yeah, when um Autumn trying to get her drunk ass up on the goddamn pole. And we like, see no, it, this ain't shit to play with. We see it all you through know? episode three with them. We see when they're when they're practicing. We see the work that they're putting into creating these moments. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I think so. Again, I guess. I guess as, you know, I just, I can respect that. I feel like they are respecting what it is that dancers do and not just reduce it to the cliches of what we've always been taught. If you've never been to a strip club, then you don't know. But I think for people who, you know what I'm saying? Like, you definitely get that level of, of, of athleticism there. I don't know. Anyway, I, I went way left with that one, but I just, like, I just nah, it, it was a moment we definitely need to yeah. emphasize and a moment we definitely need to talk about because <laughs> even though I enjoyed her performance, me. but beyond the enjoyment of her performance, it was really it was really something to see that hey yo, this girl got talent. Absolutely. You know. And so we see Little Murder finally gets his ass in the motherfucking club and he uh, instantly starts <laughs> his little perpetrating. You know, he throwing up, he, he making it rain in the club. He making it rain. And, and you see everybody's tipping 
um, Mississippi. You know, you got females up at the stage that are tipping her. You know, the dudes are tipping her. You know, and she has everyone captivated in the club. You know, everyone is. It, it, it almost seems like everyone stopped what they were doing just to watch her dance. Like, you know, we finna enjoy this because she's getting ready to give us a show. You know, everyone kind of just stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody just enjoyed her performance on the stage so they make their way to vip and you know uh mercedes is working the crowd you know she's working the room and she spots the you know the girls up in vip twerking and you know it's money going up so let me go see what this is about Mm -hmm. so she pulls up on and that right there lets you know that a mercedes run shit around his club that bitch snap her fingers (laughs) and them girls disappeared Mm -hmm. where y'all going (laughs) yo and so, you know, her and uh, Lil Murder begin to have a little banter back and forth where, you know, she's sizing him up, he's sizing her up. And he's like, yo, come sit on my lap. You know, I can handle all that. And she's like, nah, you flodging in here. You know, you ain't got as much money as you perpetrating that you do. You're like, uh, that bag could hold by eight stacks, but you ain't got but four or five in there. And he was like, uh, I got five. She's like, four, because you just... uh." Um, wasted a G right, you on these holes up in here. Right, you didn't and drop you got that full brick in there. And he and the and the homeboy was like, "Damn, how the fuck she know that? Yeah, yo, you is an OG." Yeah, but, you know she starts she starts you know kind of you know like trying to entice them and pull them in you know because she went to full stacks. And so of course one of the um homeboys in the entourage spot Autumn that just happens to be standing out front of the um VIP doing a little stiff wine and. Yo, who that gal is over there? And I'm like, yo, she ain't even doing shit. Like, anyway, they want her up in VIP. So, you know, they were getting ready to go invite her. I guess they were getting ready to kick Mercedes out and invite her up in there. But that just tells you real quick that Mercedes is quick on her feet. Oh, she wanted them full stacks. So, you know, she made a deal. Yo, I'll pull her in. But, you know, you can give me all your coochie coupons, basically the money. Right. And um, so she goes and makes a deal with Autumn. Now, she made a deal with Lil Murder for 4G. But when she went to go tell Autumn about it, yo, I got a customer up in VIP that wants us to dance. You know, he got a G for me and a G for you. So she led Autumn to believe that it was going to be only two stacks mm-hmm. that they were going to get off the take. But really, the other two was going to be for her. So she was going to get three and give Autumn one. Exactly. I mean, she did break the girl I'm off. Saying, so, I mean, she, I'm about to say, she could have said, she could have said he going to give you 100. Autumn wouldn't know no better shit. She, she was dumb and naive. So Autumn is a little nervous about going up in there, you know, she's like, come on, I got you, let's go. So, you know, they started doing um, the dancing for um, Lil Murder and his crew, you know. Um, then one of the homeboys, you know, is a rowdy one in the um, group that's drunk and, you know, he's trying to, you know, he's pretty much harassing Otto. You know, hey, hey, Redbone, look at me, yo, look at me, look at me. And, you know, he goes to try to touch her and then, of course, Dobbin busts up in, hey, don't touch the girls unless they touch you. Like, this nigga is always there. Yeah, like, he is. He watches those girls, and he does a real good job about being the protector of those girls. So, then Lil Murder tries to get, you know, Mercedes, you know, to, uh, I guess they glance over at the Paradise Room. We'll learn about the Paradise Room next episode, but uh, she was like, nah, I'm finna take you over here to the Mercedes Room. If you got something else, you got in mind. So, basically, he really wanted her to get her in the seclusion to let her listen to his music. He wants his goal is to get his music played in a club. So I guess, you know, everybody can know that it's his music, but Mercedes wouldn't hear that shit. She's like, this shit's slow. Basically, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And he's very serious about his art artist, 
artistry and she's very serious about yo, I ain't finna dance to just any motherfucking thing. So you know they kind of exactly. part go their separate ways, whatever. So back in the VIP room, you know, dudes trying to get a little rough with Autumn, you know, he kind of uh, snatches up, which makes a comment about uh he's not really drinking champagne, sparkling um wine is what he was drinking or whatever. So he kind of got offended by it. And I don't think that she really was trying to be sedity or bougie, but it, it just kind of gives me the feeling that she's from a, a life maybe not affluent, but she's from a different life than everyone else is mm-hmm. at that club. She's definitely not from the hood. I mean, I don't think she might have been hood adjacent, but she definitely ain't from this life. You know what I mean? Maybe from the suburbs. She's not a she's not a hood chick. Absolutely. And I'm gonna be honest not. with you, I think she's I think it's more to it than that. I think she's got money. I think she comes from I definitely I don't even think she hood adjacent. I think she may have some humble beginnings, but I don't think that's where she was when when that when the hurricane came through or whatever happened. The fact that she was so quick to correct the girl about Eve Saint Laurent and then what we see later on and the conversation she has with the mystery guy. I mean, that's all in later episodes. But when you start putting all those pieces together, you're like, wait a minute, this chick, I, this chick got, she knows something. Like, she's not no dumb chick, you know? I she's agree. naive and to that lifestyle, but she ain't dumb. I'm going to take you a little step further. I agree with what you're saying, Ma. But I'm going to take you a step further. I think that before she got hooked up with whoever this dude was that was beating her ass, she probably was from a better life. She mm-hmm. probably was from a better life, and then um, the dude that she probably was with that was beating her ass was probably, uh, you know, kind of. They probably had a nice lifestyle. They probably had a decent lifestyle. Yeah, because I think that was one of those keeping up with the Joneses, but you don't know what's going on behind closed doors type. Behind situation. closed doors, right? Yeah. It kind of takes you back to, uh, um, was it Medea's family reunion? Uh, um, the first one. Um, um, um. Oh shoot, the first Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Is it was that diary no, with, a, my... with a guy um with the ball guy from the practice was the husband and uh, um, uh, no that that you're right you're right that is the um the play or the uh, movie but no I'm talking about um um Medea's family reunion when Blair Underwood was oh like yeah the yeah yeah Baker, yeah Blair Underwood yeah beating, yeah beating the hell out of old girl yeah I think and, that was... everyone thought that their life was so perfect on um yeah um outside but on the inside she getting her ass beat every night yeah she reminds me of this girl in this moment like what she she probably had a good life yeah because of the nigga that she was with but behind closed doors he was tearing her ass up. And so now I think this is her first opportunity because she looks young. So I think this is her first opportunity to kind of venture out on her own. And she's just really trying to find her way. But anyway, we switch back to the club. Diamond busts in and he pretty much uh, takes out the entourage. You know, he, he beat their ass, put them on up out the club, a murder on up out of there. Because, again, we kind of I like his character. I, I, I like the fact that he realized that old girl had been offended or was scared by his crew. He wanted to go make that shit right. Yeah. So he, he runs out to go try to find her to apologize. And he runs into Uncle Clifford. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk about that. Because <laughs> I don't even know how to feel about that. I'm going to let you talk about that one right there. So they end up in the 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 extra VIP room. It was like the, the, the paradise room, I think we find out later on. And a moment, basically, okay, so... Break this shit down for me, because I don't think they understand what happened in this moment, because I was a little confused by goddamn self. Okay, so let me let me break it down as, as simple as I can. 
Uncle Clifford and Lil Murder were talking, and basically Lil Murder was letting Uncle Clifford know that he was trying to get his music. Well, he they they had the whole conversation about um autumn and that he wanted to apologize or whatever and uncle clipper was like oh so you got your boys in here roughing up my girls blah 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 then he was talking about how he was trying to get mercedes to dance to his music and he was like if mercedes don't want to dance to it mercedes don't want to dance to it and he was like but i thought she was your bottom bitch like who in charge here he was like basically mercedes is (laughs) but then in that conversation a moment like you had it was a look and here's the thing and I have this. This is coming from friends of mine who are LGBTQ. You know, gay recognized game, so to speak. And even though Lil mm-hmm. Murder was not presenting in any way, shape, or form as gay, there was a moment that passed between them that Uncle Clifford recognized. And basically, Lil Murder made a move on Uncle Clifford. Now, Uncle Clifford rebuffed him. It, it didn't go down. Nothing happened in that moment. We're building up to something, but nothing happened in that moment. But that that moment, basically... But he did let him listen to the music. He let him listen to the music, and they did. I mean, he whipped out, you know, he whipped it out, and Uncle Clifford looked at it, but Uncle Clifford ain't do nothing with it. But they had a moment. (laughs) They had a moment, and it was enough of a moment for Uncle Clifford to know that Lil Murder was with it, and for Lil Murder to see if Uncle Clifford was with it. But people, so that kind of takes me back to Uncle Clifford in itself. So we we we've identified that he's not transgender. No, he's not transgender. He's man. He's all man. No. But is it safe to say that Little Murder is attracted to transgenders? No, it's safe to say that Little Murder is attracted to Little to Uncle Clifford. He may be gay. He may be questioning. He may be DL. But because or bisexual. because there's nothing about Uncle Clifford that presents as, tra- as, bi- as tra- a transsexual a, a transsexual woman is presenting as a woman. The fact that Uncle Clifford walked around with a full beard and doesn't do anything to enhance his body to make his body like he doesn't wear fake breasts. He doesn't wear you know what I'm saying. He's just a gender. He just gender bending. He wears the wigs. He wears the nails. He may give you a little bit of makeup. But the fact, like, you would never catch a transgen- a woman who is transgender wearing a beard. Like, you would never catch that. Like, they present as 100% women. You see what I'm saying? You might, now, there may be some transgender women that you can look at and be like, I can still tell that that's a man. But it's not because they're not trying to present as a woman. It's because they just still have some very, I got it. you see what I'm saying? You ain't, yeah. you know, and a lot of times, if you, and those are generally women who are just starting their transition. Once a transgender woman goes all in and actually goes through taking the hormones and some of you know a lot of them have plastic surgery to you know to give them certain um, things, you'll a lot of transgender women will alter their voice to sound more feminine. You know the fact that Uncle Clifford gives you straight up like you know what I'm saying. So he's I would I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say in any way shape or form that he's transgender. Maybe non-binary, androgynous, gender bending. But definitely not transgender. And if anybody's listening, and you know, you can email us if I'm wrong. But from my experience, through my conversations, I would never, I wouldn't put him in that category as as transgender at all. Well, obviously, because part of me felt like he was just really trying to hit on him, um, hit on Uncle Clifford just to get his music played in the club. But I agree with you that that little that little exchange, I exchange that they had, it seemed like it was more than just. Uh, yeah, I want you to play my music because there seemed like there was a genuine attraction to 
um, Uncle Clifford. But like you said, in that moment, nothing happened. Attraction slash curiosity. I would, I'm going to say attraction slash curiosity until we get more information. But I do think, right. I do think it was a moment. I don't think it was just to get his music played. I do think it was a moment. I don't think it was a moment that Lil Murder planned. But I do think it was a moment. Yeah, because at because in that moment he learned that Uncle Clifford was the club owner, you know, the manager of the club or whatever. Right. So you know, he was like pretty much, you know, he was pretty much telling him that you know I was trying to apologize to one of your girls, you know, my boys was roughing her up in VIP and I wanted to apologize to her, and then they kind of transitioned. It was an opportunity at that point, right, right, because right. once he found out that it, he was the club owner, okay, now I'm going to take this moment and turn it into an opportunity to try to get my music played, right. But then we see Autumn run outside, and I'm telling you right now, she's having some PTSD. Oh, she's definitely moments. got PTSD. She's definitely I'm got telling PTSD you because every any little thing triggers her, and we see that in the next episode and the episode after that. Right. And even in this episode when she was dancing, it just the, a feather could fall will trigger her back to that same moment that we keep seeing over and over again where that dude beating her ass. So I don't know if that was just the first time he really fucked her up or this was their worst fight. Or I think it's because in episode three, we start putting a little bit more of the pieces together. It's a very ominous situation because at this point, she has not had any dialogue with anyone, you know, other than just you know, random little comments she makes. She hasn't really had a conversation about her past. So we're really left to just put the pieces of the puzzle together about her past just off of the flashbacks. So she runs right. out gasping for air. She needs a moment of fresh air, breath. And then we see the picture taker again. We learn, finally learn his name is Andre. We finally learn what we think is her real name because she introduces herself as Autumn Knight. But then she says, well, my name is Hayley. So now, do you think she slipped up and actually told him her real name, or do I you think, think she? she I think she did too. I think she slipped because up and it, said her real name. Yes, because if other words, she would have said I'm Lakeisha, because that's whose ID that she's trying to be. Yeah, uh, Lakeisha Savage. So I think that by her telling him that her name was Haley was the truth, and so they have a little um, exchange, a conversation. You know, she's out here. He's out here late at night taking pictures, and she notices that. And one thing I, I like about Autumn is she's on point. She ain't no slow leap. You know, she might be fucked up with this PTSD and having these flashbacks and shit, but the bitch ain't dumb. Mm -hmm. She's she on point because she she instantly peeps the camera, and she's like, yo, you out here taking pictures of me? And he was like, nah. And she was like, well, let me see. And she goes through the camera, she looks at the pictures of the club, and that's when he tells her, that's when we learn that he's working for a property right. development. Because remember, she's on the run. So her thing is, her biggest fear she's is being found. Exactly. Yeah. So whoever's chasing Somebody her. has found me. Yeah. Somebody's found me. Yeah. And you're right, she is on the run. That's a perfect way to describe it, because clearly we see that she is on the run. And so they have a little conversation, and they have a moment. And I'm like, okay, this is your first interaction with this girl. You you have a Captain Save a hoe. I just fell in love with a stripper moment. That's that's yeah, the way did. I took that. Like, yeah, he did. You know, like I can rescue you from this life. And we later on find out that you know you're not really in a position to right. do for you her ain't even single. You got a whole situation, right? At home. Like, dude. <laughs> but they have a little exchange. You know, she invites him to come into the club. He's like, nah. 
and you know they kind of part ways and go their separate ways or whatever. So, what did you think about the exchange exchange between Andre? And at this point, we still don't know what he is. We know that he's um, there on behalf of his property development. And I'll be honest, I thought he was lying at first until the next episode. I I was like, I did too. I was like, what employer? Like who he working for? Like I thought he was lying. I, I still thought he was the police. Like I still thought but he did was they the exchange police. did they exchange numbers at this point? Or did I think he, he gave have... her he gave her his business card to prove who he was working for. No, 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 no. No, that, that wasn't was it. Okay, episode. okay. I don't think they exchanged any information. I think no. they just kind of left things like I'll see you around type deal, right? Right. But then we see him later on taking more pictures of her. That that morning after the the next yeah the, uh, that's why I was like uh uh-uh. uh yeah after the club closed she was out there smoking a cigarette he was still out and there. I was yeah, like that's was... when I was like something he lying like that's when I was like uh uh-uh. uh he ain't working for he working for something else like he lying like you know but in that moment I thought it was just really weird it seemed like Andre was doing a whole lot real quick. Like and it is and, and it seems like the, there's a past with him too. There seems like there's a story with him. Let me just comment to this. I was gonna say this for the I, and I am gonna save it for the end. So let's switch to uh Mercedes. She's okay, so obviously this episode, this one episode, and I love series like this that gives us more than one day in an episode. So we have seen at least two to three days yeah. in this episode. Yeah. So we're at the end of the episode now, and it's Mercedes Sunday. She's getting ready to go out on stage, and she's getting ready to pull the pole down at the ceiling. <laughs> okay. That bitch, she, I'm sorry. To each his own. I tend to favor Mississippi a little bit more. Her performance was a little bit more seductive. It was a little bit more central. Um, still talented. Mercedes's performance was a little bit more aggressive. Was like, I'm gonna take the dick from you <laughs> type deal. Mm-hmm. She 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 shut the shit down. She was very good in her performance. I'm not putting her performance down and not putting the actress down whatsoever. What I'm saying is I can see the parallels between Mississippi and Mercedes. Mercedes is more of she's gonna be more of the I'm gonna shut shit down. Mm-hmm. Mississippi is more of I'm having fun with this. You know, Mercedes is more like I'm taking this shit serious. This is my art. This is my performance. I'm going to give you the best performance I can give you every time I, I hit the stage. Uh-huh. So for her, it's business, almost. And remember, this is also, too, when she came out, Uncle Clifford tried to slide the song, Little Murder song, to the DJ. DJ never scared. Mm. But DJ got scared he real did. quick. He got scared real quick. Because Mercedes stopped in mid-stride and looked at him and like... And gave the death look. She gave him that death look. And he was like, rewind! When I tell you I fell out laughing when he did that, he was like, yeah, let me get the ball. Let me get this shit up off here real quick. You won't kill me tonight. <laughs> There's an inauspicious thing to this whole cast of characters. All of them have a story that I hope that they tell. You know, a lot of times we watch series and we see supporting cast members or whatever that we meet throughout the series. And there's a story with them, but we don't never get to see it. This cast is small. It's not really a big cast. So I'm hoping that they get an opportunity to give us backstory for all the characters. You know, that was one of my issues with Power is they introduced us to so many different characters in Power. Each season, we got a new set of characters. Mm -hmm. And we never really got backstories for them. Maybe comments relating to their backstory, but I, I think we're going to see a different writing 
with this series because I agree. it seems like they're setting the tone. They're setting the prelude to all the characters' story arc in this one episode. I'm going to say in this. this one episode, you see everyone's arc starting to be developed. I agree. And I'm going to say this. I think that I don't think we're going to get all the questions in this season. We just found out this week that P-Valley has been picked up for season two. So hey. I, yeah. So, and, and there's only eight episodes to this season. So I, so we're definitely not going to get the answers. Stars all kill of me with that bullshit. Know, they right? do that with all their fucking shows. But we're Give not going to get off top. Right. We're not going to get all of our questions answered, but I think we'll no. get the major ones answered. Like we're definitely like, like episode three gave us a lot. I mean, the, what was episode last week? Was and it's fast three. paced. I like that. Episode they're not dragging three, shit Yeah, they're out. not dragging it out because episode three gave us a lot of information that we a didn't expect lot. and yeah, that we didn't foreshadow. That's oh, another I did, thing yeah, I we, like about the writing. We've never been able to guess that, but some of the stuff that happened in episode three, I was like, what? Uh, oh, okay. And even episode one, the like the whole scene between um, Uncle Clifford and Little Murder. Yeah. We didn't see that. Yeah. We even mm-hmm. when he pulled him into that room. Even when he pulled him into that room, I didn't think that there was going to be any type of you know sexual window. Yeah, yeah. So the writing is not predictable. The writing is not predictable at all, and I like that because I like a show that makes me damn. I was wrong. Yeah, because I'm gonna be honest with you. I was a little after episode two. I had a couple of predictions, and I was like, I don't want to be right because if I'm right, and they were wrong, right? Because I was like, because if I'm if I'm end up being right, then what that says to me is that the writing is too predictable. But no, nah, they hit me with a couple of left hooks in episode three. They hit me with a couple. I of had some hooks. predictions too after <laughs> episode two, and I was I was wrong. I was definitely wrong. Yeah. So it, while while Mercedes is out there doing her thing, you know, her mama's in the crowd, and that obviously fucked with her. Did you think that was real yes. at first, or did you think she was hallucinating? I thought it was a. I thought it was at first. If if we didn't get that scene afterwards, yeah, I would have thought that it was just her imagining that it was because her mom I was out like there. nobody is paying attention to this to the church lady and walked up in there in a full church outfit. Like like I mean, is that a testament to to Mercedes just captivating the crowd? Because I said the same yeah. thing I, at first. I was like, is this real or is this fake? I mean, like you said, until the the next scene in the parking lot, I was like, maybe. Maybe she hallucinated. Maybe it's like her subconscious because her mother is so holy and so judgy of her that it like she subconsciously saw her mama, but no, right. no it was really her completely, mama. <laughs> completely, completely on point. And see, that kind of goes back to a testament to the writing again, because our first initial thought was that she was dreaming that it was her mom out there, or she was imagining that it was right. her mom out there. And then instantly we got our answer in the next scene. That you know, in the next scene, the mama's out there in the parking lot, and Mercedes comes out like, "Mom, why you didn't tell me you were coming tonight? You know, I don't like for you just popping up on me." Mm-hmm. So obviously, her mom has been to the club before, right? Um, right. And so that's when her mama started going in on her about you know stripping this blasphemous, and you know she laying that church routine on her. But you know, if you pay attention arguing. to that, we got a lot of information in that scene about their relationship. We got- we got a lot of backstory. We got backstory on the mother's character without right. even having to assume. We knew right then Mercedes answered all of our questions. Like, well, Ma, you didn't have a problem with me bending my ass over in front of these niggas when I was little to get us breakfast at the Waffle House. Uh-huh. Now, all of a sudden, you holy and down. She's like, well, I didn't know God then. She's like, bitch, you, you halfway know him now. I'm like, yo. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I don't think I would ever be able to stand again. I don't think I will ever be able to speak. Listen, I wouldn't again. have no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be crippled. <laughs> Yo, 
dead and gone. Okay, y'all be <laughs> so like, did start I going really in mean? on her, yo. Like, I, and I felt, I felt sorry for Mercedes in that moment because I, I know mothers like this. I, I know mothers like this, and we meet mothers like this in a lot of these type of shows. Mm-hmm. And it seems like each time we meet them, they get worse and worse than the previous, their predecessors. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how bad this mama is going to be. But just by the the comments that she was making to her daughter, but she was keeping it. She was still she was still letting her know, "I love you," even though I don't approve of what you're doing. But then she gets down on her knees and start crying and hooping and hollering and praying to the Lord. That, oh, say this whole, say this whole. Oh God, please say this whole. Take me instead. And all this, and then to shut her up. What does Mercedes do? Give her the money. She instantly shut the fuck up. I'm like that mama is full of shit. Like how you down here praying and crying and whining, yeah. And then as soon as she throw the money at her, she shut the fuck up and get up and walk. Right. Off. It's like it's like my nephew when when you when he get he get a little pop. He ain't got a full whooping. He just got a little pop and he crying like somebody that ended the world. And you pick him up and it's over. He like okay, we are we friends again? You know, it's like it's like it's instant instantly the fit is over. Yeah. But we also see in this moment that it's a level of blackmail, it's a level of extortion, it's a level of guilt tripping. Like she's using the church, she's using the church to guilt Mercedes into giving her the money. Her ultimate goal is to get this money up for this building fund for this right. for this church loan. Right. So whatever whatever measures she has to go to in order to accomplish that goal, she's gonna she's gonna use that to exploit her daughter's relationship. And we know that, that, and we see, and and in that moment, Mercedes showed her slip because, for as hard as she has been presenting this whole episode, we see that her mother can get her. She knew yep, she knew what her mother what we, was doing. Her mother had done it before, like it was nothing new. But her mother got her. She got her, and she knew that. She left that moment knowing it because you see her have a little breakdown after her mama walks off. Like you know, I'm tired of her doing this shit. You know, and I think a part of her kind of feels guilty about her being a stripper. I just I get that feeling mm. because the fact that she wants to get out, she I think she kind of wants to be legit. Uh, so I think there's an internal power struggle with her that she's really just using this money to her end game is to get the gym for her girls. Yeah. And so part of her and her mama using that fact that she's dancing and making her seem like she's a hoe. She's like, no, I ain't no hoe. You know, I ain't fucking no niggas. I hear, you know, I'm just dancing for money. Which we see you know? throughout the next couple of episodes that she really, she really, it, it is a job for her. Like, that is It's it. a job. She dances it's, and that is it. Like. And she treats it as a job. Yeah. The level of professionalism, you know, the skills, you know, even her trying to train the other girl, you know, she's not trying to train her to go out here and jump on every dick you see, you know, don't don't waste your time fucking around with people that can't pay you. Right. Your for as much as she don't see it for Autumn. Money. Right. For as much as she don't see it for Autumn, she's still giving her the tools of the trade. Right. Get, get your money. You know, don't waste time dicking around with these niggas that ain't gonna pay you get your money because mm-hmm. even when she was out there talking to the dude with the fubu shirt on she's like yo you ain't throwing down no ones yo go away from over here you know so she kind of like ran him off but she needed her in that moment though but I, I still felt like that was her you know schooling her to the game like no don't right. waste your time on these bum ass niggas get if you're gonna if you're gonna be out here get this money right 
And so at the end of the um episode, we see uh, Mercedes is giving her tip out, you know, and that's when Uncle Clifford, you know, kind of realizes and he knows it too. So it's it's an ongoing thing, obviously. Yeah, because he said he said your mama, mama again, right? Yeah, right. Everybody knows that a mama come in and shake her down for money, or whatever. But Uncle Clifford, I, I I I fucks with Uncle Clifford because he did the right thing, even though Big L was like, nah, we need this money. But Clifford gave her the other two stacks that little murder had left for her. And she was like, nah, I owe you. He was like, no, this ain't my money. So he he has he has honor. As bad as he need the money himself yeah, right now, yeah. he knew that that money was for her. And we see and it throughout it this we see it throughout this show that 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 like even we see it throughout the show. We see it with Lil' Murder, we see it with Uncle Clifford, we see it with Mercedes, even honor. even Autumn. Even Autumn, yep. we see it with Autumn. You know, I mean, she she does it as a way to sort of show off, but she still give Uncle Clifford his money. And Uncle Clifford, that's the next episode. But you know, so it's just it, it, it's just this is such a great this, the writing is is just is great. It's just great. and the character arcs are really good. The character mm-hmm, arcs mm-hmm. are really really good because there's there there seems to be a, a theme of loyalty, and I think everyone and we and we hear it in the next episode. But I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a little prelude to it. They know that they, they don't have anywhere else to go. Well, Mercedes seems to be the only one that has a future beyond dancing. Mm-hmm. She has goals and dreams beyond that. Everyone else, this is this is their survival. And so it's kind of like a family inside the pink. You know, they all a family. They all know that they're a crew of misfits. They all know that they don't have no other place to call home. So they 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 protect what they call home. Mm-hmm. All of them are loyal to each other in certain respect. I haven't seen any, uh, out of three episodes, I haven't seen any disloyalty. You know, any shady characters or whatever. You know, they all, all of them seem to have a common goal. And it's all centered around the survival or the livelihood of the pink. And I think it's for their own benefit, not necessarily Uncle Clifford's, because obviously if Uncle Clifford was all about the benefit of the pink, he would have never gave her that money. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I need this money, so fuck this bitch. And that, to me, that would fit. Because, you know, this is what goes on in the life of the strip club behind the scenes. But in this moment, we see that as bad as he needed this money right now, he knew that it didn't belong to him. She worked for it. Let me give her what I owe her. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she didn't have all her tip out, he could have deducted what she um owed for tip out it out of that, but he still gave her those two stacks. Yep. Yep. So the episode wraps up. The girls are, are standing outside, you know, they get ready to go home for the morning, or whatever. Autumn is outside smoking a cigarette, just staring off into space. To me, it felt like she was waiting for everyone else to leave before she would go home. You know, they offer her a ride. She's like, nah. Uh, Diamond offers his boo, uh, Mississippi, a ride. And again, I am so glad to see his character nowhere near Benny from Half of the Half Notch. I was oh, not watching this show because he was a moron on there. Yeah, because even the, so- the bartender, um, she's from the Half and the Half Notch. And her character seems to have a little bit more. Intelligence about herself than how she was portrayed. On the have and have nots, yeah, have nots, right? Um, 
So uh, Mercedes and Gidget are getting ready to go home. You know, Gidget is obviously riding with Mercedes and Gidget offers. And I thought that was very powerful. And I thought that was very nice of her. You catching a ride yourself, but you finna offer somebody else's car. Right. <laughs> Mercedes right. set that shit down real quick. She was like, uh, no, I got a two-seater and we ain't giving no more lap dances. Like, nah, bitch, you can't ride. And so they asked her, you know, where you stay at? She was like, out east. And she pointed out uh, west. And um, Mercedes was like, oh, if you're going east, you need to be going that way. And then we see Andre out in the car again taking pictures. And so the episode goes off after that. So what do you what do you think? We're well, getting ready to see this. Re- so after the first episode, episodes, yeah. Well, well, okay. So predictions. After That's the what first, we're say. okay. I can't. Okay, so you got to predict past episode three though, because we've already seen. Yeah, three, so yeah. Past um. That. Okay, so if we're gonna go past episode three, so my prediction is that we're gonna find out what Uncle what Uncle Clifford is doing with the money, because clearly, clearly. That he has something else going on. I don't. I mean, we haven't seen any evidence of like drugs or anything like that. And I don't think it's nefarious. I don't think it's nefarious. No, it's just I, something I with, with the money. It's something with his money because he don't live long. Like he ain't got a bumping car. He don't have a you know like a banging ass house. Like it's something with the money because he just anyway. We're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a further development of a of him and Lil Murder. I don't know where we're gonna develop it to, but um. I think we're going to get a little more background on Andre because we found out in episode three that Andre is actually has connections to Chuckalusa, Chuckalisa, Chucka, whatever. And he's married. Well, we, yeah, he's married, but he he had because he he knows the mayor. Um, I think he called the mayor his godfather or whatever. So there's yep, a connection. The mayor's his godfather. There's def- mm-hmm. there's a connection there. So I think that we're definitely going to see a lot of. I mean, and obviously, I think the. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. We saw, um, and this is how I know that old girl got some money because we saw her transfer nine thousand dollars to herself. I'm gonna save that for the next episode. Okay. I'm tell you about that. So I'm predictions. Gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about that. I think that's how the person she's running from. I think that's how they're gonna find her. Okay. All right. I like that. So I agree with you on your prediction. I do think that we're going to see what Uncle Clifford is doing with the money or uh, his profits from the club and why he had to go uh, borrow some money. And I'm going to I'm going to venture out on a limb here. I, I even though we're on the first episode and I've seen all three, but even though we're three episodes in, I'm going to venture out and say that he's probably taking care of a sick relative, maybe okay. his mom or somebody. Yeah, because we don't he's know doing... anything about his family. We've seen nothing about his family, so okay, I can see it. He's taking care of somebody. The money that that that's that's he's had to take money out to take care of somebody. Ooh, Somebody's maybe a ex, surgery. maybe an ex boyfriend or somebody. He's paying somebody off, and it's not just the sheriff. It could be the mayor. It could be that the mayor has been shaking him down for money to do developments or whatever. I don't think so, but it seems like there's some kind of uh, backstory between him and the mayor Yeah, there's well. definitely a backstory between him, him and the mayor. But you know what? Remember, just we, well, this is episode two, so we haven't really even got into Corbin yet. But just like him and Corbin know each other they from elementary history. school, yep. I wouldn't be surprised if... The, the, because they look like... Uncle Clifford and the mayor look like they could be in the same age group. So I could definitely yep. see... I could definitely see that they have a history that maybe goes back to elementary school because remember or high school or whatever remember it's a small town everybody knows everybody and that's what that's what worries me about andre because 
if he's from there, how does nobody know him? I was gonna I was gonna bring it up in the next episode. Okay, I was well gonna we can bring, bring that up, up in the next episode. episode. No problem. I was gonna bring it up in the next episode, but I'm I'm definitely right there with you. I, I and I probably got the same thoughts on you that you have on that because I found that very odd as well. But I, I, I don't know what it could be. It's gonna be interesting when we find out what it is, but there's something that's obviously sucking the money out. Yeah. And there's obviously a reason why he's not paying the bills. So we'll find yeah. that out. Yeah. We're definitely going to find out if we don't find out anything else in these eight episodes. We're definitely going to find out who and what Autumn is on the run from, and it's and we'll find we'll, we'll get a piece a prelude to that in the next episode, or it's either in the third episode. It's in the next episode, I want to say. But um, and I think that Mercedes is going to get her gym, but I think that she's still going to have to continue to dance. It, she's not going to have her happy ever after life that she thinks she's going to have well, at the gym. Part of that is she's not going to leave Uncle Clifford hanging. And again, that's an episode. I, that's an that's an episode two. Yeah, I, you're, so, you're right. But she's not going to leave him hanging. Yes, yeah. you're right there with me. I don't think that she's going to stop dancing. I think she will get her gym, but I don't think that she's going to stop dancing. I think that uh, we might see if we don't see it this season, we'll definitely see it next season. We are going to see Diamond and Mississippi hook up. I think okay, yeah, I want you. He want, is going to rescue her. Yeah, he's going I think he's going to save a whole. Yeah, I think he's going to end up. I I think he he's going to end up killing um that dude. I, I think I what's really going to happen? The boyfriend is going to show up to the club one night, wilding out, and that's when it's going to happen. Is is he's just going to take him out? Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this up because we're we're we're, we're teetering into episode two. <laughs> right, 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 right. Episode two. I really enjoyed this because it's been a minute since we got together. I know, um, right? It's been a minute. I've been missing y'all. Yep, we got to get back to our swing of things. But anyway, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, you'll catch us on episode two and three and four, and you know you'll get our thoughts and our feedback. Hopefully, we can get some other rest of the panel. You know, TSF Entertainment Podcast. You know, uh, right, our, our, whole our panel, panel, of panel us. right, right, is is extending. You know, we got a whole slew of us out here. So, no, I just want to give a shout out to all the rest of our hosts, uh, Jack of Jordans, uh, Juggernaut of Souls. Paris, the boss, where you at? Stand up. I know, right? Um, My girl. We got Fresher Highness, Vano. Uh, we miss all you guys on this episode. My girl, Really BTV. Shout out to the Soul Firm. Everybody that puts all the efforts and love and dedication into the Soul Firm brand. We're so much more than just sneakers. And um, it's how we all met, but we, we're, we're a brand and we really enjoy doing what well, we're doing. So not me, the podcast. I don't, has, I don't even own a pair of Jordans, so it wasn't me. See, I tried to fly past that. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you. We got to get you a point. I own no pair but, of Jordans. <laughs> but the the TSF brand itself is it's a family, and we 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 definitely have um, a lot of great things in the future for you guys. And the podcast itself is growing into a lot of different things. We got a lot of different content that we're going to bring you. Shouts out to Really BTV. She works hard on her brand. Um, make sure y'all check her out on YouTube and Instagram. She does a real good job with her reviews. She cracks me up because she can never remember none of the cast names. You know but... what? Y'all gonna stop? Y'all gonna stop with the name? <laughs> but she really works hard on crafting her brand and um 
she was one of the reasons why I had to have her on this podcast because I can tell that she really enjoys doing what she does. But anyway, we'll catch y'all on episode two. You can find me on Instagram at RetroCG. You can also follow us on TSF Entertainment Podcast. Go ahead, Chris. Tell them where they can find you at. You can find me on YouTube um, under ReallyBTV. You can find me on Instagram, uh, ReallyBTV underscore on YouTube. As for the podcast, you can check us out on all the major platforms. Um, We're on everything. (laughs) We're on um, Apple Podcasts, Google. um, We're on all of them. But, um, if you guys go and listen to the podcast on Anchor, you guys can send us voice messages. You can send us an email if you got comments, if you got theories, if you got um, if you leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the uh, podcast. But um, you can also email us at info at tsfentertainment.com. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. You are now listening to TSF Entertainment Podcast.